0: is the Thursday edition. The, the farmer in the Dell, the farmer in the Dell. Hi-ho, the Dario. Farmer Blue is in the Dell, or Iowa, or Florida, or... We're going to have to get to the bottom of this <laughs> edition. The... I think the woman I married has been replaced by an imposter, and I need Jesse and Brian's help to figure out if there's been some sort of just change in her mentality or if she's like a cyborg and she's not really Paula. I can't, I, I can't believe what happened yesterday. Can't believe it. Edition. And the, as much as we love being that oasis where we talk about stupid things like whether soap cleans itself and Tausch's analogies, and the most serious discussions we have are about whether the Packers need to move on from their defensive coordinator, which they did, and they did. Sometimes real life intervenes, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today in the wake of the Kansas City Chiefs Parade edition of Wildey and Tausch. On 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee, 100.5 ESPN Madison, 14.30 ESPN Beaverdale, ESPNWisconsin.com, the ESPN app, your Alexa smart speaker, streaming live video, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and of course everything you want, everything you need. On WisconsinOnDemand.com, on the Wisconsin On Demand app. I'm Jason Wilde in Green Bay. Why does a potential spam call always call me in the middle of my introduction of the show? Like, every single day, they. how do they know to interrupt me when I'm calling, when I'm doing the show, and they're calling? Uh, Jesse Nelson is in the Everlight Solar ESPN Madison Studios. Good morning, Jesse. You, you can. Whoa, what's going on here? Uh, you could answer and let them know. Whoa, yeah, <laughs> video stream. I've never looked skinnier. That's messed up. Uh, yeah, just answer on the video call and say, hey, please don't call me at this time. Uh, I don't. I, I'm guessing it's some sort of bot, or so, or maybe they heard me mention cyborg and they want to sell me a, my own robot, like an iRobot. Uh, from his <sighs> undisclosed location, Florida man. <laughs> Legendary Packers right tackle, looking resplendent in his purple hoodie. Hoodie? That's a hoodie, right? Mm. I can't see the back, but it looks yep. like a hoodie. Yeah, it's a hoodie. Uh, oh, yeah. No Tausch again today. He is on assignment, so our cousin's sub of the day is our friend Brian Balaga. Brian, good morning. How are you?
1: I'm good. Good morning. Good morning. I, You know, I thought, well, you know, purple, why not? It's a little chilly in here in Florida this morning. Uh, oh, oh.
0: What is it, about you know, 55, it was, 60?
1: Yeah, it was 55 this morning when I took uh, the kids to school, so I was a little chilly. You know, I just wanted to make sure I stay bundled up, don't catch a cold. Like, I always hear that clip of Taush saying he's a little under the weather, and, you know, you, have, feel busy. you have a tummy ache. I feel fantastic. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, so I'm just trying to make sure I'm ready to go. That's
0: all right, all. yeah, uh, that's great. I woke up, it was snowing. So, uh, yeah, you've got Oof. it rough down there. Oof. Uh, good thing you've got that simulator to work on your golf swing when it's chilly, 55 degrees. All right, I, I want to do this. I don't. We don't have to do this, but I see this, quite frankly, as an opportunity because you and I, uh, we're friends, right? Tell me we're friends. Are we friends? Have I we become so. friends? I think so. Okay, I think so. Yeah, I, well, I think so. <laughs> I well, so. I I would say this, I think there are people that have covered the team either currently in the past, whatever it might be, who think they're friends with guys. And maybe I was guilty of this early in my career too. I'm not I'm not above that of thinking you're friends with a guy when you're not really friends with a guy. Like he's really toler Like Tausch, I mean Tausch was tolerating me when I was covering him. We weren't friends. <laughs> I was irritating him, I was annoying him, I was writing great stories about him, but now we're friends. I don't cover you. I don't have to criticize you when Bruce Irvin eats your lunch. You know I don't have to do that sort of thing. <sighs> yeah yeah, <laughs> and I'm such a good friend that I bring that kind of stuff up yeah. to you uh so but here's the thing you and I are different. And I'm not just talking about you being a hulking, successful NFL player, man's man, and I am a Frady Cat little sports writer, radio host guy. Not not that. <laughs> You're mean... in good shape, I'm not. You've got a full head of hair, even though you shave it, mine is starting to recede. All that stuff. We're different people. But and and look, you have to understand this. One of the reasons I got into this business is is so we don't have to have overly serious conversations. I don't have to write overly serious stories. Sometimes real life does intersect sports, and yesterday that is what happened. As the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, we spent our part of our show yesterday talking about how you didn't get a parade. When you guys won the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. you just had the event at Lambeau Field. And then a few hours later, here is this news that there have been 21 people wounded and one person killed when gunfire erupted at the tail end of the parade and the event that they did uh, in the public sphere of Kansas City. And, And it was, for me anyway... And and this has happened a few times, right? There was a an, an incident after a Bucks playoff game, I think, last year outside Pfizer Forum where uh, there were shots fired. And those are the times when real life interrupts our silliness that is sports talk radio and goofy things that Tausch brings up and everything else. But I thought this was an opportunity, and here's why. Because you and I are different. And, look, I'm not going to ignore... The elephant in the room or the gun safe over your shoulder. Because mm-hmm. you are a responsible gun owner. I yep. have been invited many times by our old friend Jerry Perrins, the former head of security for the Packers, mm-hmm. to go to the gun range with him. And I don't even want to touch a gun. Okay? I'm afraid of them. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay? So you and yeah. I are in different places on that. And yet, I feel like, because we are friends, and because there is an opportunity, and this is what frustrates me. If this is going to intercede with our fun sports talk and our fun, Brian Bulaga bought a farm talk, I want to at least make it (laughs) productive in the moment and then move on, because I don't want to spend the whole time talking about this. But here's my question for you. Do you believe that someone like me... And someone like you can find a common ground of responsible gun owners like yourself who have your stuff locked away. You make sure Declan and Abby and everyone is safe in your house. Can people like you have the right and be able to enjoy going to the gun range and doing everything responsibly? And I, who am afraid of them and would never buy one, not... For any other reason not because of my political beliefs or anything else i'm just afraid of them can two of us who are different ends of the spectrum agree that we have to figure out a way to stop evil people who go to a parade with guns whether they're having uh, a dispute with another party and they're not doing it because they're making any sort of statement or trying to just hurt people randomly whatever the reason we don't know why this happened yesterday but can people can we set an example, you and I as friends, to be able to say, All right, let's just find whatever common ground there is to find. Let's find it. So stuff like this doesn't happen. So we can talk about the silly stuff that's sports and not about what happened when the Super Bowl champs were celebrating their title.
1: Can we do that? Yeah. I think so. And you know, I think you look at kind of just the way you and I talk and Kind of how you kind of brought this conversation about i think that's kind of the problem that we're seeing in today's society right like people don't want to have those conversations um because they may think of themselves as this or that and they don't want to just ignore that and talk to each other as human beings and i think that's the problem in today's society is that we can't have a discussion about things and come to a common ground agreement because whatever we look at politically or whatever it may be, tells us to think this way or that way. Um, And that's a shame because I think if we came together um, as a country and had honest discussions about things and you could take something from this side, take something from that side, hear each other out without demeaning someone or talking down to another person or calling a person this name or that name, and, and listen to each other's issues and problems about each side and come to a common agreement, we can make the country and things like this not happen anymore. And um, it's sad for me to see what happened What happened yesterday. It's sad. Um, you know, I could only put myself in that situation or my kids in that situation mm-hmm. and think about it, you know, say, you know, I guess a, a way I could look at it is not being a player, but say – um, a team that Declan likes. Say, you know, I don't even – a team that he likes now. We'll say the Packers. Say it happened in Green Bay and he, he wanted to go to the Super Bowl parade. You know, the Packers won the Super Bowl this year. And something like that happens. I mean, that makes me sick thinking about it, right? like And you can be like me and be a 2A supporter and, and own firearms and still think there's something very wrong with what is going on, right? Like you could still – be supportive of that and own firearms and, and be responsible with them the way I believe I am. But then look at something that happened yesterday and go, there's a problem, right? Like there, there's an issue that we need to address and what that solution looks like. I don't know because I feel like it's been talked in circles forever now. Right? Like I think we can all agree that this issue of, of gun violence and, and where, you know, how do we stop it? How do we keep it out of the hands of certain people? Like, this issue has been talked about for longer than I've been an adult, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, obviously, before before I was a firearm owner, obviously. Um, and what that solution and, and common ground, um, you know, res- resolution looks like, I don't know. Because, like, it's not something that... I've ever really put my mind to because I like to stay in my own little bubble. But then when things like this happen that affect kind of my sphere of things, like it's sports, right? Like, right. I like to keep. I like to keep in my little bubble of like sports, my family, talking to you guys about things. And then when it impacts my sphere of like things that I enjoy and do, and maybe that's very, very narrow minded of me that I'm not.
0: No, I'm the trying same to way. open
1: up to all these yeah like i don't want to open up to all the issues and really stick my nose and everything because i don't maybe personally i don't want to but it makes me think more about what we can do and and obviously it happened yesterday and i haven't really thought about it that much right like it, it's so fresh but i know that something can be done and it should be done and what that is like i don't know but i i can i can assure you that what is good. what Kansas City the city of Kansas City's feeling right now and the people there and the people that were there uh I'm sick for them because something that should have been a great occasion and like you said Jason we don't know what this was about yet and I, we're not jumping to conclusions I'm not jumping to conclusions about what it was about who mm-hmm. was involved what, what like we don't know any of that yet and you know what the way these things turn out we may never know to be mm-hmm. honest with you like we may We may never get an explanation of what happened yesterday. Um, But I do know that that doesn't mean I can't change my opinion on um, that. We as a country need to come together and find a common ground solution for making it safer to be in these big public settings. And what that is, like, I know people are going to say, well, you don't offer any solutions. You're right. I don't, because I don't know what it is, right? Like, I don't have that solution. but I do know that if we come together and and like I, I didn't want to make this political, but left side of the aisle, right side of the aisle, down the middle. Like if we all come together and look at this thing as a what's common ground for everybody, it could it could be better. And that's mm-hmm. really what we're looking for is for it to be better. Um, and, you know, I didn't want to I don't want to go into a political jarred because that's not why people listen to this show no. and, I, and I really don't want to yeah and that's why I don't want to get into it that much because and everyone's allowed to have their own opinion right like and that's what I think for me what makes this country great is that you can have your opinion I can have my opinion and we're still friends like at least that's the way I look at um, mm-hmm. why this country so great that we can have our own views on things and still get along just great and that's why I don't like to get into because especially because this isn't the show for that, right? Like there's plenty of things that we could go to have that opinion, but our listeners also have their own opinions. And I don't want to sit here and tell a listener how they should think or what they should do. But I do know that if you are a listener and you are, um, especially for me with kids or, you know, someone that has kids and that's something that goes through your mind constantly, right? Like what could, you know, with kids going to school or going to big public events like this, like things that could happen. It's always on the back of my mind. Um, but it's more than just the firearm issue for me, at least. There, we we, have, we need to look at this as a broader picture than that. And maybe, again, maybe that is more narrow-minded of me. Maybe that is. I don't know. But I know that we can do something together as a country to make this issue better. And that's, to me, my view on it. And yeah. that's and I don't wanna get I don't wanna get too much more into it. Um but that's just me. And I'm I like I'd love to hear your opinions on it because obviously like you said in the beginning of this, you and I differ on a lot of things um from that from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um so I always like to hear other opinions because I think that's good for me to hear other opinions. At least, you know, that's the way I think.
0: Yeah, so here's the two things that I, I just wanna touch on and then we, I, I gotta be honest. Before this happened, I was very eager to start the show with Farmer Blue. I mean, I had, I had, I would already started working on photoshopping you into a farmer's outfit, and I'm still. I gotta finish that project, but I, I really want to get to that. So, this we, we are always going to try to be whether Taush is here or not, whether it's you, whoever might be subbing, we're always going to try and be that oasis, right? I mean, we I feel like one of the reasons why our show succeeded is because when the pandemic hit and everyone was alone, we managed to bring people together that you could listen to the show and have some laughs and try and figure out if soap cleans itself and that kind of silliness. And so, I don't yeah. ever want to lose that. So, we're going to we're going to use the first part of the show right here to talk about this briefly and then we're done with it. So here's the two things that bother me. One is and it Jesse frankly it's something that you sent in our text message while we were planning the show is that now you're almost to the point where you're like nervous about the idea of if some if a Wisconsin team wins a title that you don't necessarily want to go to the celebration. And and for that for that to be part of your thinking tells me that we need to do more to fix it because we should not have to live like I, I mentioned the Bucks thing I have friends and and again they're all different ages they're all different walks of life but I have friends in Milwaukee who will now not go downtown because they think it's too dangerous and they don't want to go to a Bucks game I got to tell you I mean I went to a couple last year and I'm not a fan and they're still really fun like, that is a great environment that the Bucs have built with a great team, and it sucks that there are people that would say, well, you know, there's violence down there, and there was a shooting after a playoff game. I'm not going to go to Bucks games anymore. So that's one that bothers me. The other part is, I wish we lived in a world where everyone who owned a gun was as responsible as Brian Bulag is, because then we wouldn't have this stuff going on. Unfortunately, we don't live in that fantasy land. And so, where the common ground and again i you don't have to call you don't have to call me a crazy liberal because that's not what people love to tell you what you think, and that's not what we're doing here, and that's certainly not going to be accurate with some of my beliefs. All I'm asking is for us to figure out a way to do a better job of keeping guns in the hands of responsible people like Brian Bulaga and fewer people that are evil or mentally disturbed and are gonna do stuff like this. And that's the common ground to me that I feel like we can find because I do not want to take away your guns. Because I'm not worried mm-hmm. about you. I'm not. Yeah. And, exactly, and yeah. I mean, I'm a little worried about your farming <laughs> award notwithstanding. <laughs> but like, you know what I, like, and I just my frustration and this and then we'll finish this off. Is that I am so tired of the same statements when this stuff happens over and over and over again. And you mentioned as a dad, and to me that's the last point I want to make, is that if you had been the starting right tackle on the Kansas City Chiefs, you and Abby and your kids would have been down there. And Mm -hmm. if I was a beat writer for the Kansas City Chiefs and the girls were off of school, Paula and the girls would have been down there while I was covering the event. Uh, If you are just a dad who is a Chiefs fan... You went down there with your kids. And look, there are, I believe, of the 21 that have been injured, 9 or 10 are children? Like, yeah. what? And my frustration Sickening. with this issue is that if we can't get angry enough at school shootings and incidents where our children are the ones who are injured and hurt and killed then there's something wrong with us that that's not a good enough motivator to find common ground. So that's all I'm asking for. I'm not going to get on a soapbox. I just thought this was an opportunity for two people who like each other and who are friends who don't see eye-to-eye on a couple of issues to be able to say, hey, if Brian and I can be friends, can't we, I don't want to sound like Rodney King, but can't we all just get along? Can't we all just find a way on something like this to get along? That's all I wanted to address with this.
1: Yeah. And I'm with you. I mean, that's and kind of that's what I said about where we are as a country right now. Mm -hmm. We're so we're so, you know, polarized on left or right or what we believe that we can't even talk to each other about basic things. Right. Common ground things that could be beneficial to our kids right like i mean it's it's the most common sense thing that we can't even talk about because we're so divided as a and it and it's 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 awful but that's that's just me i mean i it's not know. just you I, we're
0: together I, I, on that and i i think there's a yeah. lot of people uh, to finish this off i think there's a lot of people like us on both sides of this issue that feel like there's mm-hmm. a common ground to be found and for whatever reason politics whatever we never make the effort to get there. And if people like us can have this conversation, it would be nice to see people who are supposed to be our leaders find a way to sure. do what we just did. That's all. Because it should yep. be. I, yep. I, I, I don't want to say, oh, it's about the children. But it is. It is. And there's there it are is. kids today that were at a parade to celebrate their team winning the Super Bowl And now they're going to be dealing with whether it's the physical scars of actually being injured and hit by gunfire or the mental scars of being there and hearing gunshots while they're there to see Travis Kelsey and hoping that Taylor Swift flew all the way from Australia to come to the parade. And instead they're thinking about what they heard and what they saw. And we need to do better for the kids that we have and for the kids that everybody has. All right, that's it. We're done. This is not going to be this is not politics with Jason and Brian. This is the farm report with Brian and Jason. We will get to that. I also want to talk about a couple of other aspects of the Packers offseason and we have some leftover questions from yesterday, and we will take more of yours for the doctor, the nurse practitioner, the PhD, whatever you want to call him. He knows his stuff when it comes to football. So if you have questions for Brian about football. Now is the time to send them in. You can text them in, 844-770-3776. We'll stick to texts today so we can kind of control the clock better than I just did for the first segment of the program. But your questions for Brian, and they can be farming too. We're going to get to the bottom of that. But I do have something mm. I want to ask about the aftermath of what happened with the San Francisco 49ers moving on from steve wilks their defensive coordinator yesterday and what that tells us about the challenges of playing defense in the nfl whether you're the 49ers or whether you're the packers we'll talk about that next it's wilde and tausch
1: you're listening to wilde and tausch on 94.5 espn presented by palo windows and doors of wisconsin and sponsored by american
0: family insurance Shake, 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 shake. Shake it Alright, slight change of plans here because between Bulaga and I, we both tend to talk in expansive paragraphs as opposed to short sentences. And so a greater discussion about defense, we will push a little bit further into the show because I want to play this clip for you. Because I heard it this morning on social media. uh, And I want to play it for Evan Cohen from Unsportsmanlike, who's going to join us next. Because it feels to me like, once again, our old old buddy, old podna, old T, Mark Tauscher, was ahead of the curve for all these national folks. Here's Mike Greenberg on Greeny talking about his sneaky team to represent the NFC in next year's Super Bowl.
2: I have a feeling about these Packers. Second half of this season, Jordan Love was as good as any quarterback in the entire NFL with the exception of no one. He went into Dallas and humiliated the Cowboys in their own building in the playoffs. And you know what? He had San Francisco dead to rights with as young an offense as there is in the entire NFL. They're going to get better and better. If I had to pick a sneaky flyer to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl next year, I would go to Green Bay.
0: In the words of Mark Tauscher, no blank, blank. We've been telling you about that for a while now. My question for you, Brian, Mm -hmm. is uh, we all kind of feel that, but, and it's been interesting to hear Lafleur and Goody both say it publicly and I'm sure privately to these players, uh, just because you did what you did in the second half of the season and in the playoffs doesn't mean that you're going to just be able to roll your helmets out there and do it again next season and be that sneaky Super Bowl team. So if you were on this team and you were one of the few old men on the roster, how would you be going about making sure that these all these great things that these guys are hearing, because you know they're seeing it on their social media channels, you know they're hearing it, how do you make sure that they parlay last year's or this past season's success into being the team that we're all thinking they are going to be?
1: Yeah, I mean I think the first thing I would be telling especially the young guys is like obviously the the like obvious statement is we 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 got to ignore that, right? Because now you look at this as a veteran guy and you're on this young team there there wasn't a bunch of expectation and now you're going into this season you got a little bit of a bullseye on you now, right? Teams want to come in and beat you again. It was the same way with with Aaron Teams wanted to beat us. The worst teams in the league gave us their best shot mm-hmm. all the time. Like, you, we'd go into a place or have a bad team come to Lambeau, and it would be a ball game And because they wanted to beat Aaron. They wanted to wipe that smile off Aaron's face that he would have when he was, you know, dicing up a team. So now they need to look at it as that's what teams are going to want to do. They're going to want to come in and stop Jordan Love and, and beat the Packers because of kind of – the run they had at the end of the year, there's no underestimating them now, right? There's no surprises. Um, Defensive coordinators and defenses are going to understand that these dudes are for real. There's not going to be any surprises that Wicks and and all these guys are going to come in and, oh, man, we didn't expect them to be able to do that. They expect them to be able to do that now, right? And that's going to be the challenges. People can give us all these compliments, say that we're their sneaky pick, but we got to go out there and do it because we started last season really bad. Guys, like if if we remember this, we started really bad. So we got to go into this fresh season and yeah, we could draw on what we did towards the end last year, but we need to take that same energy, that same mental focus and discipline and apply that week one because if we don't, teams are coming in here hot to beat us. And, you know, and if we don't, Find our right rhythm early. We're going to get beat, and it's not going to look good. So, to me, as a veteran guy, I would be telling me we need to come back down to earth. We didn't really win anything last year, right? right. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't win anything, right? We didn't win the division. We didn't get to the NFC Championship. We won one playoff game against the probably. I mean, I hate to say because I love Mike McCarthy, an overrated Dallas team. We didn't really do much. So. We can say how good we are and let people say how good we are, but we need to come back down to reality and get ready to play football because everyone's coming in here to give us their best shot, and we we need to be ready for it.
0: Well, given how good they were after you went to practice and delivered your pep talk... Perhaps they should bring you yeah. in this offseason to deliver this message, because I don't know if they have <laughs> enough old guys on the roster to do it. Alright, uh, I want to bounce this off of Evan Cohen when he joins us coming up next, because obviously, it's one thing for Brian and Taush and me and Jesse to be talking about the Packers in this way, but when you hear someone nationally saying this, and I think, you know, I don't listen to Colin Cowherd regularly, but I think he's been talking about the Packers this way. I think when Jordan Love was on Radio Row at the Super Bowl. He had people talking to him this way. And I'm curious because Evan does a national show, if he sees the Packers in the same vein. So when we talk to Evan Cohen from Unsportsmanlike, we'll ask him that. Next, it's Wilde and Tausch.
1: This is Wilde and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN. Sponsored by American Family Insurance. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at (laughs) amfam.com
0: This is perfect timing. Joining us now, you see him or listen to him, depending on if you're watching on television or if you're listening on the radio, every morning across ESPN Wisconsin on Unsportsmanlike. It is Evan Cohen on Wilde and Tausch. Evan, good morning. How are you? Happy birthday, Jason, first of all. Thank you very much. Thank you.
2: Oh, it's your birthday today.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I was not going to publicize that, but I knew someone might mention it at some oh, point. Oh
2: boy! Oh boy! Here we go now. Wait. Well, happy birthday! Wait. I mean, <laughs> Brian, he should have told Jesse. Should have told you that. No, let's put this on Jesse. No,
1: um, no, I didn't get any. I didn't get any info today on that. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess that is kind of Jesse's deal. Yeah, Thanks, Jesse,
0: but he didn't want to talk about it. So if no, I don't, that, no, oh. no, 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 that's that's not that's not. I didn't want to make it a topic, but I'm fine with. And by the way, when when Brian is a cousin sub on March 21st, we're gonna make a big deal about it being his birthday. So just be prepared right <laughs> well, now because
2: I'm sure Tausch will be off. Wait a, right, sure wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's, well, there's something. Well, if it's a day that ends in Y, Tausch is usually off. Um, so here's the thing that I think we got to look at it this way. There's a difference. Here's where Jesse is to blame. Jesse should tell Brian, hey, by the way, we're not doing this as a big deal. It's not Jason's thing, which is totally fine. But it is his birthday today if you want to give him, a, like, a birthday text before the show or something like that. That's where Jesse mm-hmm. is at fault here, Brian. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Don't you think? It, mm-hmm. it can be a conversation off air without it bringing it on the air.
1: Yeah, I agree. I completely – just a little heads up would have been nice because now I feel now I feel bad that I didn't – you know and- be able to wish jason a happy birthday and you had to do it and we've been on air you know so like i feel kind of bad about that now
2: we did sure. spend the entire first segment
0: serious discussion you guys talked about how good friends you've become despite your differences and opinions and exactly things, and, you didn't and i didn't know even know get Jason's to wish birthday was uh-huh. yeah so
1: like so that's why i you know and it's really easy to remember a day after valentine's day super easy to remember like thanks, Jesse, now I look like the bad guy. So, yeah, that's, Uh, you know.
2: See, Jesse, here's where, again, Jesse, you're digging yourself a deeper hole on this. Nobody is saying that you should have had the birthday conversation over the serious real-life conversations that you guys have had. What Brian and I are both saying is when you send a rundown, when you're sending a text to connect for the show, whatever it is, hey, by the way, you know, at 8.58, you may want to give Jason a happy birthday because at nine, we're on to something else. That's it. Jesse, yeah. take the L. Yeah. Admit it. Don't be like Kyle Shanahan. Admit fault publicly here, Jesse. Go ahead. Come on.
0: Oh, nice. Uh, I, 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 I may have forgot it was Jason's birthday, too. Mm. Oh,
2: <laughs> wait, what? Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, my Oh, my gosh.
0: It's all good. All right. So wait a second.
2: So, wait a second, Jason. Jason, I will move on after this. I promise you. I just want to <laughs> confirm, confirm this for me, Jason. Am I the first person on this show to wish you a happy birthday today? Uh,
0: you, you are. Uh, oh, uh,
2: my god, oh my god! Oh my
0: god! Uh, I would like to. Uh, I, I would like to just say that Brad Lane sent me a text to wish me a birth- happy birthday. Lance Davis, Nolan Murphy, Ashton Rotman, Daniel yes! Brandon. Get him,
2: Jason. Get him. Get him, Jason.
0: All right, Shane Blackman. All right, the list goes on and on. All He's right. Going- a <laughs> There's a couple of things I want to get to with you because we are we're excited to have you because we do need your your national insight. And by the way, I am perfect. I'm not one of those don't talk about my birthday guy. I just think that you reach a certain point in birthdays where it's not that big of a deal anymore, right? Like it's. I agree. I agree. That's all. I agree. Uh, so we wanted to get your perspective first because you fill in for Greeny on a fairly regular basis on his show. He said something recently about the Packers being his sneaky NFC pick to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. And I feel like, whether it's Brian or Tausch or Jesse or me, like, this is the team we focus on. This is what we serve at our restaurant, is Packers talk. And so... Yeah. We probably have felt that way for two months now, and certainly after what they did in the postseason, but do you get the sense, because you have a more national perspective, that there are more people like Greeny that are seeing the Packers this way?
2: Yes, a thousand percent. I'll go one step further. First of all, I don't know that they're sneaky anymore. Right. When you win a playoff mm-hmm. game and you compete with the Niners the way that they, they did, I don't know if they're necessarily sneaky. So. Literally, I get off the air at 9 a.m. Central your time, and we have a post-show conversation, and a lot of our post-show conversation is about planning the next day's show. And one thing that I brought up for tomorrow that I'll do now, obviously, is I think the two teams that have the most pressure to be great in the regular season next year in the NFL would be Green Bay and Houston. And the reason I say it that way, let's just focus on the NFC. So Philadelphia has only pressure to be great in the postseason. Dallas, with a guy that I think all of us on this show truly like, and Mike McCarthy, I think their pressure is in the postseason. San Francisco, mm-hmm. their pressure is only in the Super Bowl. Detroit is now a playoff team, NFC championship team. If they get in as a wild card, nobody's going to care. I think Green Bay has more pressure on them to be great in the regular season, and I think they will be, than any other NFC team because we saw what they can do. But now we need to see it for 17 regular season mm-hmm.
0: games. Confirmation, proof that they can do it, and it wasn't a fluke.
2: And I don't think it was a fluke. No, I, just I don't think either. It's like, yeah, I just think it's like, okay, like you had that that next step developmental kind of season. Like, okay, like you know, the Bulls competed against the the Celtics and then the Pistons, but like ultimately you had to beat them, which they did. Like, you know, it's like the steps kind of thing. And I think that Green Bay will win 11 games this year at least, and they'll be potentially a division winner in the NFC North. I don't know that there's another team in the NFC that has to be better than them, You know, has to be greater than what the Packers are going to be next season because, again, look at Dallas and Philly. If Dallas and Philly get in by way of wild card, we're not going to care. It doesn't matter if they win 9 games. All that matters are 10 games. All that matters is if they're great in the postseason. Mm -hmm. Packers don't have the pressure yet to be great in the postseason. I think they have more pressure to be great for the majority of the regular season.
1: Yeah, so so Evan, I mean, I think we all we all look at the potential of this team based on Jordan Love and these young weapons at wide receiver, which is all great. We can all talk about that. We all saw what he did. But I mean, the big question, at least for me, and obviously we've been talking about a lot, new defensive coordinator, new defensive scheme. I mean, or, you know, we talk about can the Packers be great because of the offense, but is there potential that they may not be great because of a new defensive scheme and a new D coordinator that it may take this team time to adjust to the way they want to play mm. defense now in this 49 er four down scheme. I mean, I think we put a lot of stock into the offense, which we should because we think Jordan Love and these young receivers are the real deal. But there's two sides of this thing, right? I mean, and, and defense yeah. is a big part of helping these teams make that big step. And we're unsure about Green Bay's defense right now.
2: Well, let's use the comp, which is not fair, but let's use the Chiefs' comp, right? Everybody is saying this year the Chiefs were built differently and not as good as they've been in years past. And they still win a Super Bowl. I'd argue they were actually built better than they were in years past because they have the Hall of Fame coach, Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame tight end, and great defense, Right. So mm-hmm. if you're yep. looking at the Green Bay, compare it to, because I don't personally, and Jason knows I feel, this, I feel this way, like I would never pay wide receivers or running backs if you have an elite-level quarter. If I have Aaron Rodgers, I don't need to pay Jordan Nelson, I know, which I know has been a theme on this show for a long period <laughs> of time, the Jordan Nelson. right? But like, my approach is I will find the next version of that because I have Aaron Rodgers. So when I look at Green Bay, I look at, am I going to spend money to bring Aaron Jones back or am I going to spend money to improve the defense? And I would con if I think I have an elite level quarterback, which I think they do and elite level coach, which I think they do, then all of my money is going to be spent to make sure my defense is great. Even if it means downgrading in some of the skill position areas that the masses care about. So yes, the defense obviously matters. It doesn't matter more than the quarterback, but it arguably matters second to the quarterback, um, because I don't believe in paying the skill position, guys.
1: Yeah, so I guess I guess here's my question, right? Because, you know, we saw Aaron Jones' impact those last, you know, six, seven games when he was truly healthy. I think it helped Jordan Love out tremendously. And we're talking about potentially not paying Aaron Jones and investing in the defense, which if you look at Green Bay over the last probably seven years – that's mostly where the investment's been done whether it's free agency or through the draft. So I think are you are you kind of leaning again towards obviously a heavy defensive draft but also kind of letting some of these offensive guys like Aaron Jones walk and investing more money defensively in free agency.
2: Absolutely. I am, and I know how good Aaron Jones is, and I know how great he was down the stretch. I understand all of that, but think about the amount of running backs that are going to be out there this off season. and I'm not saying you're going to pay Saquon Barkley or Derrick Henry or Josh Jacobs or Tony Pollard or Ezekiel Elliott, who actually was excellent last year in the limited role for New England. Like, There are so many running backs out there that if Jordan Love takes the next step, which why would I think he would not? I'm not going to use that much money on the running back position. I mean, like, what is Aaron Jones is going to command in the offseason, 15 to 20? Or, t- or 10 to 15, excuse me, 10 to 15, mm-hmm. something like that? Yeah. I'd rather use my 10 for three guys than use the 10 for one guy. I don't want to go all money ball Scott Hatterberg style here, <laughs> you know, but I, I just I, I kind of think that's the way to go. Again, do I have – okay, let's do it this way. Do you both believe that Jordan Love will be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL next year? Yes. Yes. Okay, do you believe the offensive line is set and ready to go?
0: No. Somewhat.
2: Okay. Do you believe the de- do you believe the defense is set and ready to go?
0: Definitely not. No.
2: <laughs> okay, so any available money needs to be spent on those two spots, offensive line and defense.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're if right. If I have a top yeah. 10 quarterback, um, yeah.
2: it's it, If I have a top 10 quarterback, it's his job to take C or B level receivers and running backs, and make them into B or A level guys. And he can only do that if he's yeah. protected, and he can only do that if he's not on the field all the time because the defense, you know, you know, is is or, well, he would be on the field more. But you get what I'm saying. Like, I, I just I don't yeah. understand the concept of why you would ever want to pay a running back or a wide receiver when you have that guy who's that good at that position at quarterback.
0: Well, and and we saw and we saw two things that solidify your position. One, the coinciding of Jordan Love's elevated play with the offensive line playing a heck of a lot better, and the fact that they invested a lot of picks in wide receivers who maybe with another quarterback or in another scheme aren't as productive as they were, but all those young guys to varying degrees were productive last year, so you don't need to invest there again. Um, Evan, two things before uh, we move on, and it's been really fun to actually uh, get to talk to you during one of your segments as opposed to when you and Tausch go back and forth. Um, one, you, 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 had that, you had that zinger about Shanahan, and Tausch and I were both theorizing earlier in the week that Shanahan just didn't want to admit that he didn't fully understand the overtime rules, and so this argument of, we wanted the ball third, was a cover. When you said what you did, uh, what is your belief or opinion on him, not uh, on how he's kind of handled the postgame fallout of that loss?
2: So what's crazy about this, guys, is every single time, Michelle Swalman, Chris Canty, and I have been talking about it this week, which has been a lot, as you would expect. It's like we discover something else that's new about this, right? So let's go through a couple of things. Shanahan says he wanted the ball third. In order to get the ball third, you have to acknowledge that the opposition is going to score, right? Right. There's no third possession if the opposition doesn't score. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to acknowledge that the opposition is going to score, and that said opposition, in this case Kansas City, has told you they would have gone for two, There would never have been a third possession because that game in that scenario, both teams scored touchdowns, would have finished either 27-26 San Francisco or uh, uh, 27-26 Kansas City or 26-25 San Francisco. It was 19-19 at the end of the regulation. If if you're assuming a third possession, that means two touchdowns likely are scored in that scenario, and there would not be seven points on the second one. There'd either be six or eight. That's number one. Number two. If you're going to assume that the other team is going to score and you're going to take the ball first, why are you not operating in four-down territory and willing to kick a field goal? You've told me on the low end they're going to at least have three points. So -hmm. when you're at fourth and four from the nine-yard line and you decide to kick a field goal, which obviously if it's four-down territory, that likely starts on second down and not fourth down. But if you're in fourth and four from the nine-yard line, theoretically you've already made two poor play calls to get there and you're not going for it, because what's the worst that could happen? You give them the ball at the nine-yard line, tied at 19 apiece? That's not the end of the world, is it?
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: all of these different scenarios that we could look at lead us to he really didn't know the rules. Here's the one that drove me crazy, okay? And I thought initially when I heard him say this, I'm like, well, I'm not that smart. I understand that, but, like, i, I got to be understanding this right when he referenced analytics to his decision-making, so if, if something has happened in life zero times, how do I use analytics to determine the <laughs> outcome? Because what we saw exactly. in, the, in the Super Bowl has never happened. It's the first, and not that overtime in the playoffs has never happened, but overtime under these rules has never happened. So even if you were to say, of the to- 10 times, let's say, it's, we've gone into overtime in the playoffs. This is the percentage. It's under different rules. Mm-hmm. You can't apply those rules to this overtime. Last year was the first year of the new overtime. Never happened. This year, it's happened once, obviously in the Super Bowl. So when he's referencing analytics, I don't even understand what that means.
0: Yeah, that's a really, yeah. that's a really good point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I look at it, and I said this with Homer, I. I just think he botched everything from the fourth quarter on. I think he botched it. I think he he is a huge reason why San Francisco lost that football game. And and I said it to Homer, I go, I hope Matt LaFleur watched what his buddy did in these big games so he does the opposite. And I mean that. Cuz like you look at yeah, you look at you look at Shanahan in these big games, he's botched them right? And, and he really has. And you look at the two playoff games, right? By by a miracle, they came back and beat Detroit. Green Bay had them, right? Green Bay mm-hmm. messed that up. Kyle Shanahan and the Niners didn't win that game against Green Bay. Green Bay gave that to them. So like you look at the two playoff games, plus the Super Bowl, and Kyle Shanahan did not have this team ready to go and did not call a great game, which is everyone talks him up to be this offensive guru and he's got the best game plans and the best play caller he was not good in in the playoffs and to me this this super bowl loss i mean it, it's re- a big part of it's resting on him a big part of it
2: i totally i totally agree and i get very defensive on behalf of someone i have never met nor spoken to in mike mccarthy i don't know why i feel this way but i do and Greeny brought this up. Imagine if Mike McCarthy did that. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, who oh, all by the way is significantly more accomplished in his career than Kyle Shanahan. And as great as Kyle Shanahan is, and he's one of these guys in sports that and this is this is a compliment. He gets fired on a Tuesday, he gets hired on a Wednesday. None of us are saying he doesn't deserve to be a head coach. We're just saying maybe he's overhyped a little bit. I found this fascinating. Kyle Shanahan has been a head coach of the Niners for, I believe, seven years. Do you know that he has the sixth most wins that the Niners do in that span in the NFL in, in that time? Wouldn't you have thought it was higher than that? Do you know the Rams have had more wins than the Niners in the same time, mm-hmm. including a Super Bowl? Really? really?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Wow. they be having a down year. I believe the Saints wow. have more wins during that same period of time than the Niners do, which I was stunned about. He is a great coach. But he has had colossal mistakes in big moments times three. 28-3 offensive coordinator for Atlanta, up 10 in the fourth Mm -hmm. quarter for San Francisco against Kansas City, the first Super Bowl, and then obviously this one. Yeah, Mike McCarthy's had some bad losses. Mike McCarthy also wins double-digit games every single year, regardless of who's on his team. You could say Mike McCarthy's always had good quarterbacks. I would say Mike McCarthy's always made better quarterbacks with the good quarterbacks that he's had. And here's the other question, and I love Brock Purdy. The question that I've asked people around ESPN with with NFL people, is he a good evaluator of quarterbacks? We know he's a good developer of quarterbacks. Is he a good evaluator of them? (laughs) I think John Gruden Gruden is one of the most overrated quarterback guys you'll ever see in your life because he had the TV show, and we think, oh, John Gruden is so great with quarterbacks. Go look at the quarterbacks when John Gruden was a head coach and how bad they are. People are hearing this. And they're like, "What do you mean, Rich Gannon? Rich Gannon won the won the MVP and went to the Super Bowl." And their former Wisconsin offensive line coach, Bill Callahan, not John Gruden. Mm-hmm. Look at some of these guys with Kyle Shanahan. Has he really? He's been good at developing them, but evaluating them, he has swung and missed a bunch.
0: Yeah. Yep. From Jimmy G to to Trey Lance, and Lance. you're right. Brock Purdy, as a as a Mister Irrelevant, has been. Far beyond your expectations for someone picked in that spot, uh, but again, I, I, you, you, look. I look, just
2: Jason, really, Jason. This is what the Patriots. The Patriots, to their credit, always say this. They always say if we knew how good Brady was, we wouldn't have passed
0: on him five times. Right. Mm-hmm. You know the Niners did pass on him six times. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yep. Hey, this was really fun. Uh, if Taush is off again on a Thursday, I look forward to this kind of conversation next time, buddy. Thanks. Hey, by the way, Jason, happy birthday. I mean, we're all saying it. Everybody's
2: I've, saying it. I've heard that. What a disgraceful
0: performance by Jesse. We're, okay, hey, Bulaga gets a pass. We're now promoting text on the text line to wish Jason a happy birthday. We'll flash him up all show yeah. long on the video stream. Yep. <laughs> okay, that makes it a lot better.
1: Thanks, Ev. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, Evan.
0: See you guys. Uh, more birthday wishes next. It's Wilde and Tausch. (laughs) You're listening to Wilde and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN. Missed any of the show?
1: Find us on Wisconsin On Demand wherever you get your podcasts. It's free, it's everywhere,
0: and it's for you. Thanks, Evan Cohen. Always great to catch up with him, and when he's not arguing with Tausch, get his insights. Uh, Brian, real quick, and then we'll kick off the 10 o'clock hour. Um, the criticism for Kyle Shanahan, who has been to two Super Bowls as a head coach, who was at one infamously as an offensive coordinator under Dan Quinn, and his play calling contributed to a 28-3 to lead disappearing in the second half against the Patriots and losing in overtime under the previous rules. Um, he's getting a lot of criticism, and he fired his defensive coordinator yesterday which is nice and all, and it changes the subject. But the bottom line is, uh, as much as you may think Steve Wilkes was to blame for them not winning a title, uh, probably Kyle Shanahan had more to blame. And so how do you kind (laughs) of just view where San Francisco is at? Because that does tie into our discussion about the NFC, Because if there is a Super Bowl hangover and now they're changing defensive coordinators and their head coach has failed in a couple of crucial postseason situations and their roster is getting older, maybe the 49ers aren't a team that you're quite as worried about going into 24.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you look at um, the 49ers right now, like, you think – at least I do, right, if you if your defense gives up only 19 points to the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. should win the game, right? Like, your, your offense full of superstars and all pros and this and that, you give up 19 points, doesn't seem like the defense is the problem there, at least to me, right? Like, you give up, you know – And I get the Chiefs were down offensively, but it's still only 19 points. And your offense had plenty of opportunities. So firing the D coordinator to me doesn't make any sense. I also saw that they fired Anthony Lynn because he's signed with the Washington Redskins. He's the the run game coordinator for the 49ers. Now he's the run game coordinator for the Washington Redskins. Oh, Sorry, Washington Commanders. My bad. My bad. My bad. Um I still can't get. I mean, Quarter I still say it. I mean,
0: we're just old. <laughs> it's just so like, that's the
1: problem. Yeah, like I de- Yeah, like I don't. I don't get over the fact of what <laughs> I just. I don't know. That was like my first game starting was against the Commanders, or now
0: it they was were, the Redskins. So that's. <laughs> yeah, they weren't the, <laughs> the Commanders when you started against them.
1: Yeah, so like that was my first game starting in the NFL. So like it's kind of how I remember it. Um, but I don't feel. Like Kyle Shanahan is placing the blame in the proper mm-hmm. direction, right? And obviously, he's not going to fire himself. I understand that. But from hearing the way that he's kind of coming out and explaining himself, there's not a bunch of self reflection that he did something wrong in that game. He's look, the way he's explaining is that, oh, it was the defense's fault. I'm going to fire that guy. Oh, it was my run game coordinator. I'm going to let him go and let him go to to Washington. Ah, you know, analytics told me this. There's a lot of blame being passed around besides on himself, Mm -hmm. Um, which kind of, you know, if I'm a player on the team and I'm hearing everything else was to blame besides the coach taking responsibility, I'm looking at it as kind of like, hey, man, like, you know you did X, Y, and Z wrong, right? Like, you know there was more to this than just analytics and the defense. And the defensive players sure as hell are looking at it like, listen, man, we give up 19 points in in you know in regular time. What more do you want us to do? Like, really, like, what more do you want us to do in a Super Bowl than give up 19 points? So, with that roster that, like you said, is aging, and it's gonna continue to get more expensive as the years go on in these deals, as the cap numbers go up, as guys like Ayuk, Purdy, Probably McCaffrey are going to be asking for new deals. Jennings, the wide receiver, who I thought was the best player for the 49ers Mm -hmm. in the Super Bowl, probably is going to want a new deal. Um, And defensively, guys are going to – like, obviously, they got Bosa done. I think uh, Warner got done a few years ago, but he's probably on a four-year deal, so he's going to be wanting something new here in the future. Mm -hmm. Greenlaw, I think, is up soon, so he's going to be wanting something new in the future here. They're a team with some issues. And cap issues are a big thing, and when you have a team that has cap issues and you can't get over that hump when you're in that rookie quarterback contract era and you got all this talent, there's going to be some questions raised about what you're going to look like in the next year or two, and and that's San Francisco right now because they got some questions. Um, Even with as talented as a roster as they had going into that Super Bowl, it's going to be different next year. And the doubt starts to play into this team a little bit is what I is what I think.
0: No doubt. I agree with you on that. All right. We'll kick off the ten o'clock hour. We gotta get the farmer Bulaga. We gotta get to the questions, the football questions and the agriculture questions for Brian Bulaga, our cousin sub of the day. Stick around, the ten o'clock hour starts in two minutes. It's Wilde and Tausch.